Million Pains, the actual play podcast from the RPG Academy. I am Michael, and this is the Campaigns, Secrets, Lies, and the Undead, Episode 4, Rub Some Dirt on It. In this episode, we pick up right where we left off last time with our three characters, Thydell, Ravage, and Corbin, having been arrested, Ravage and Thydell from the graveyard, where they were actually saved by the guards from the ghouls that were attacking, and Corbin, who was arrested in trying to sneak out of the museum after having got the two slips of paper and gotten past the shadow bats. So we pick up with them still in the drunk tank. We take a quick step back to allow them to decipher the message, or at least attempt to. And uh, then they meet with Edmund, who, since the first episode was lost, we don't actually know. But in Ravage's backstory, him and Edmund are pretty well acquainted. So here is Secrets, Lies, and the Undead, Episode 4, Rub Some Dirt On It. So we are going to pick up this episode with our three heroes, Corbin, Thidel, and Ravage, in the holding cell of one of the local guard shacks, about to be questioned by Edmund, captain of the guard. And so we will pick up prior to Edmund walking in. This is pretty much the first time you guys have been by yourself since the ghoul attack and since the situation in the museum. So if you guys want to kind of quickly recap what your characters said to each other, and then we will go from there. I'm just all smiles. <laughs> just just, did, did I'm you, just stoked to be bleeding. Yeah, you're you're pretty much bleeding out at this point, aren't you? Yeah, no, I'm but just you're not bled out. That's what I'm saying. That's why you're I'm so stoked. Bleeding. I'm in shackles or what have you. I, I've never been more comfortable in my life. <laughs> I'm having quite the opposite reaction to this whole event. My frown could not be more frowny. So how is your mask reacting to being in a holding cell? I'm sure it's turned into a, a gray matte tone of beige disappointment, and uh, with 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 a severe, almost comical frown, and uh, sort of further slitting eyes, narrowing eyes, um, out of a combination of uh, sleepiness and disappointment in my predicament. And I believe my smirk is the near reverse of that frown, and happiness and toothy, bloody grin. Yes, the antithesis. Well, I, <clears throat> I think after we all got thrown together, one would look at you two and say, yes, I missed the party. Oh, you didn't miss much. Yeah, I've, um, believe it or not, I've actually had better. <laughs> all right, well, I found these, and uh, Corwin would toss out the two notes that he uh, had recovered to the two of you guys. I, I turn one over in my hand, staring at it with a, with a puzzled mask expression. I will look at it and say, I don't know what that says. What can I do in character to recognize this? Well, I'm going to assume that this is similar to other codes that Cornelius has used in the past. So this would be related to your training. Okay. But I'm not going to give you full... Like whatever, I think you have five points in this. I'll give you three toward deciphering the code. So it just be an intelligence plus three. Can I have my level to that, like the other checks? Yeah, it's yeah, it's a regular check. Just uh, okay. Again, I'm only giving you part of your background points toward it. Oh, that that's fair. So, boom, twenty-four total. Okay, you make very quick work of this code, and in fact, you're a little disappointed. Because this is probably the most simple code that Cornelius has ever written you. Most of the time when he would use a code, even if it's a simple number substitution code like this one is, there would be an alternate to it. Like um, it would be the number is the letter, but it would be two up or two down. Or alternating words would have different degrees of separation. Or there'd be the first couple words would give you a clue to something later. This appears to be basically... Each letter is a number, and if you translate that, it's a message. So the only thing you can imagine is that he must have had to do this very quickly, or there's another meaning to the simplicity of it. But the message as translated, if you still have the, the message up, will you go ahead and read it? Uh, no man tells a secret he expects to be kept. No man makes a map to bury treasure he expects to stay buried. 
All right. So just about the time that you are, you're sort of like in your head making the translation. So you're looking at the words and goes, okay, no man. And you're kind of saying the words and repeating them so that it makes a coherent sentence. So just about the time that you've absolutely got the whole message out, uh, the, there's a kind of a clank at the door and you can tell that someone's about to enter. So you still have the papers in your hand. Uh, inside my vest. Okay. And I stash them away. Give me a, a, like a slide of hand or the equivalent, the dex check, to see if you can secure them secretly before they're noticed. Can I do maybe dex plus maybe my street rat life to hide it away real fast? Yeah, that makes sense to me. Are we manacled? No. Oh, okay. 23. Okay, so you very deftly put them inside of a, like a secret pocket inside your vest. Yeah. Uh, the only difficulty that you have is that you're still dressed as a shadow bat. Oh, yeah. So you actually have to maneuver around that. So, so when you, when the door finally opens, you're standing there like a toddler at a urinal. Like you've got your shirt pulled up and tucked <laughs> under your chin. <laughs> but it looks totally natural. Like there's, there's clearly nothing going on. So all eyes t- turn to the heavy iron doors it opens and you see Edmund. Uh, well, okay, uh, yeah. So Edmund Ravage, you, I know that you know Edmund. Fidel, would you know Edmund as a bounty hunter? Do you, there's a chance that you've interacted with him as a I, captain of the guard? I might recognize him as one of the guards who, you know, doesn't get mortifyingly drunk and abuse their power regularly on the weekends. But uh, I wouldn't be on a first name basis, no. Okay, and what about Corbin? Are you familiar with uh, Edmund at all? Well, I grew up in the town, so it would make logical sense that I would at least know his face and name. Okay. I'm sure there would have been some sort of run-in with me at a young age being a criminal. Okay, so, which he's he's not been in position all that long. So let's oh, say okay. that you, you know him by name, but you've never actually met him. Or if it was, it was a like a perfunctory thing. Maybe he came to, to the museum just to, as a visitor or something, uh, but you've never had an official interaction with him. That's fine. Uh, so he would look at Ravage then being the person that he knows and say something to the effect of, you've never looked better. I am so happy to see you and this guy and this guy. I, how, have, how have you all been? I'm just stoked to just be here. Does anyone have a sandwich? It's like he won the death roll lottery. <laughs> <laughs> so he's living on borrowed time. No matter what else happens, he's just going to live life to the fullest. Is stoked. He looks at each of you in turn, and Edmund is a pretty shrewd guy. I mean, he's um, well, you know, he, he's uh, fit, probably in his early 40s, just a touch of gray in his dark hair. Uh, but he, you know, you can tell like his weapon polish, his boot, his uniform. He, he definitely takes his, his uh, responsibility seriously. He's not a slacker. Um, and you just kind of see him eye in each of you in turn. And there's some intelligence behind the eyes, and he sort of evaluates some things, and he finally says, why don't you guys come out of here and get more comfortable? We need to talk. All right. I like the get out of here part, so I will nod encouragingly and follow suit. Okay. So uh, as before, they would have taken your obvious weapons, so your bow, your falchion, but if you, know, if you guys have a dagger in the boot or anything like that, they, they, they didn't actually search you or anything like that. So they'll lead you out into sort of like a, a waiting room area where people would be processed. So you can see the cells where you would be long-term jailed over on one side, the holding area that you guys came from. And it's kind of almost like a lobby. And there's chairs. They're not the most comfortable in the world, but there's a couple benches. There's a couple chairs that are a little bit like by themselves. And he takes one and just sort of offers for you to sit down like you would, you know, at a guest at a home. Nothing too formal about it. I'm going to test my legs and then uh, walk around. Pick a seat that looks the most comfortable, I guess. <clears throat> you have been here often with your conversations with Edmund. I, you know, after you've worn off in the drunk take, uh, often your guys' conversations would happen out here. So you probably have a chair that's your chair. I would agree. I just want to make sure my legs are, uh, you know, under my own power. You know, uh, well, after all the bleeding and half dying. Gotcha. So he, he would offer, you know, would you like some uh, something to drink, some food perhaps? I will take literally anything you give me. 
Okay. He looks at Corbin and Thidel and just sort of inclines his head as if to ask the same. Sure. I, I shake my head up a polite no. Just as background, I mean, are, are Ravage and I presumably here for trespassing? You don't actually know. He, You've not been charged necessarily with any crime, but... And, and, and we don't believe we were clearly guilty of something? No, as far as you know, I mean, you were being attacked in the graveyard. Uh, you by ghouls, the guards showed up and helped helped you, and then they promptly arrested Ravage. Arrested Ravage? Well, they said he's under arrest. It was sort of implied that you were also under arrest. <laughs> All right. But Ravage it gets arrested a lot, and so huh. it's not unusual for him to spend the night in the, the holding cells or the drunk tank. So, Oh, starting to learn more and more about you, Ravage. <laughs> I uh, eye the walls and floor, curious, and imagine I like the myself drink. him him sleeping off many a night here. Good. So um, he uh, he sort of calls out to a door that's open, and a few minutes later, a uh, one of the lower level guards comes in carrying a tray, and it's got some, you know, it's got some mead and like just meat on a stick, almost like a a, a gyro that's not been cut off. Uh, probably Ravage's favorite. Probably a little bit more cooked than you're used to. Who among you has the highest perception? I'm going to guess Thidel off the top of my head, but I don't actually know. Perception. Hmm. I guess that would fall to wisdom. Yeah, that's not me. I got a plus one to that. I got a two. It's probably not me. I hope it's not me. I only have a zero wisdom. Oh, it is me with a big smacking two. I have a four intelligence. I'm smart. So go ahead and roll your perception, uh, Thidel. Uh, plus level? Yes, it's just like a regular check. Hey! Hey! Terrible. Good okay. roll. I, I guess my eyes being so occluded behind this giant mask, it's really hard to see anything. <laughs> yeah, and, and you're kind of focused on your surroundings because this is new to you. You've not been here before. So you're just kind of looking around the room as the guard comes in. He sets the tray kind of center amongst you. He doesn't serve you from it, but it's all within easy reach of each of you. There's uh, four mugs of ale. Edmund takes one as well. And then there's just like almost like roast beef, some sort of meat on a stick that you guys can help yourself with. So after you guys have had a few minutes to kind of refresh yourself uh, or, or not, Edmund will kind of lean in and look at Corbin and say, Son, I'm, I'm sorry about what happened to Cornelius. I'm not sure if you know this, but he and I were somewhat friends. And it's a it's a tragedy what happened, but I don't like seeing you in that uniform. And I, I hope that what happened tonight is something we can get past, and I'm not going to have to haul you in here again. Does he seem sincere? Uh, he does. Am I still in the manacles? Uh, no, you, none of you were in manacles. You were, you were not manacled. Oh, well, I'm sorry. You were. That's right. I apologize. The other two were not. Uh, so he would actually have taken those off when you guys came out. Okay. Yeah, I would start to peel off the Shadow Bat uniform I had taken at that point. Okay. At least the shirt. Throw it on the ground. That was simply a necessary diversionary tactic. I have no intention of making that a permanent addition to my uh, to my outfits. Ensemble. Is that the word ensemble I want? Ensemble better. You should have went with ensemble. Ensemble. And it didn't seem like the right word. Wardrobe, I think. Wardrobe. That's the word. I have no intention of making that a permanent addition to my wardrobe, and I appreciate your kind words. So he uh, he leans back in his chair, takes a, a long draw off of his mug, kind of you know wipes his, his mouth just a little bit and says, that makes me very happy. The shadow bats have become increasingly active and aggressive within the last few weeks. And I would just hate to see you mixed up in something that's going to get you and your friends here hurt. Can I ask what you were doing in the museum? I look around the room. Is it just us in the room? Uh, yes, but there are open doors on a couple sides, and you know there's guards in those rooms. So if anyone's eavesdropping, they will hear you. I sigh and kind of lean in a little bit. <clears throat> I was attempting to recover what is mine. If you still have property in the museum, you should not have had to break in to retrieve it. Uh, well, to be frank. See, Cornelius left that to the city. As a steward of the city, I could get you entrance anytime you would need. Huh. It was made quite clear to me that I was no longer welcome in the museum 
by the current curator, and I was quite promptly escorted from the property. So your only recourse was to break and enter rather than seeking out an official and filing a complaint against this person? I have found it best to take matters into my own hands when the situation appears to be quite outwardly against me and my person. Hmm. So did vandalizing the museum have something to do with uh, revenge against the city or or, uh, the new curator? What vandalizing? Come now, don't don't be uh, don't be obtuse. There are numerous books off the off the shelves on the floor, pages ripped out. There were uh, exhibits that have been toppled. Clearly, you had more in mind than simply retrieving your personal belongings. You took time to damage the museum. I look him dead in the eyes. That place was my home. I grew up there. I would never have done anything. Uh, intentional to harm my property. When I entered the museum, that's how it was. Well, I will have to speak with the current curator because, to my knowledge, there were no reports of any vandalism prior to closing, and we found no one else inside the museum other than yourself. And I assume that Ravage and uh, Thidel here must have gotten out before we arrived, speaking as how there was vandalism throughout the entire museum, and I don't see that you could have done that yourself. So was this some sort of initiation? Were you trying to gain entrance to the Shadow Bats for some reason? You say there was no one else in the museum when you apprehended me? That is correct. We searched it top to bottom. We found no one else other than you wearing that uniform. Again, I might add. And they must have done a bang-up job. I think whoever you had searched needs better training because there were quite a few more people in that museum than me. All right. Um, go ahead and give me another wisdom check. There's an is. Hey! 19. That's a 22 total. So every one of you guys can apply your modifier to that role, so I think everyone else is just a slot bit less than that, but it's still high enough. At Corbin sort of insinuating the incompetence of the guards, Corbin, or excuse me, Edmund actually has a small reaction, sort of a dropping of the eyebrow, as if to say it's maybe something he has considered, but he's not willing to acknowledge it. And you actually hear some sort of shuffling of steps from one of the open doorways, and you imagine that there there is a guard just on the other side that might have heard that that didn't appreciate it. Classy. So uh, he kind of turns his attention away from uh, Corbin for a minute and looks at Ravage and uh, says, so this doesn't sound like something I've heard from you. Bar fights, maybe, but breaking and entering a museum? Uh, we weren't anywhere near the museum, I say. I'm, my mouth's full of food. I'm going to go with his. <laughs> well, point of fact, you were not that far away. Uh, you were trespassing in a graveyard near the mausoleum of young Corbin's father figure, because I can't think of the right word, Cornelius. I have to assume that those are connected in some way. And you're lucky to be a, It's a public graveyard. Not at night. It's closed. Well, and apparently for good reason. There's a ghoul infestation. There are, there are, actually. There has been notices throughout the city. If you have been paying attention, we have asked citizens to stay away from the graveyard at night because there have been numerous attacks recently. And isn't this why good upstanding citizens like Mr. Ravage and myself should be in the graveyard at night dispatching the ghouls so that the overworked, brave men and women of the guards don't have to lose any of their face to the public for further attacks or any of their precious resources to put them down? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I misunderstand the situation when we arrived and Ravage was being eaten by a ghoul and you were being molested by two others? Was that the plan? (laughs) 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 I'll, I'll lean back a little in my chair. Things may have gotten a little out of hand. Eaten? I... I'm going to look at my chest and look for, like, bite marks now. Eden, is there, is there a bite mark? Corbin, is there a bite mark on me? These are clearly claw marks. They were clawing at me. I believe I still have the brick marks all over my, my face and upper torso. 
Yeah, that uh, you, you, whether you were bitten or not, you look like you were bitten. You look like you were part partly eaten, digested, and then spit back up like a, into a baby bird's mouth. Things were not going well for you. And while I appreciate your desire to help, you actually put our guards at risk because we had to come in and save you. Fortunately, there was only a small number of these creatures. We have actually seen pods as, as many as 12 roaming the graveyards within the last few days. And uh, you're lucky to be alive, and our, my soldiers are also lucky to be unharmed. So I would ask that you please refrain from doing so in the future. Well, I, I, I'll gratefully acknowledge your help and uh, very timely rescue. Thank you very much. I'm, I, at least, am in your debt. I am more in your debt. And I would also like to say you might want to think about getting that pond dredged. Is that a thing that you can do? Because that thing is filled with ghouls. So you so you are saying, and he does actually, he's been sort of being, you know, kind of snarky a little bit in this conversation, but he, he seems very genuine. He says, oh, are, are you saying that the ghouls came from the pond? The ghouls rose from the pond like fish from the sea. Okay, the fish don't that's... rise from the sea. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if fish rose from the sea... Like ghouls from a grave. I was going to go with a mermaid reference, but I didn't know if mermaids existed in this world. <laughs> if you say they do, they do. <laughs> so he actually says, well, that, we will look into that. We have been searching for the uh, the origin of, uh, of these ghouls. And uh, unfortunately, so far, we've lost a few men but not found anything. So we will approach that soon. So he kind of looks back over at Corbin and says, so um, did you retrieve the property you were after, or should I expect there to be further issues with you in the museum? You might want to keep a close eye on the museum for whoever actually did what you're talking about, but uh, I, I might visit as a guest, as a patron. As long as it's within normal operating hours, then we should have no further conflict. <clears throat> now... When I killed that one shadow bat guy, I stabbed him, right? Uh, I believe so, yes. All right. I will stand up and grab the shirt I threw on the ground and uh, put it on the table, spread it out, <clears throat> and indicate the, the stab wound on the back. Say, if this were my outfit or uniform, I don't think I would have had that there. But I could have worn it. You would never tell. So... He he looks up he looks up at you sort of quizzically because you're standing up at this point and says, "I'm pretty sure I'm going to be charging all three of you with vandalism. Are you suggesting that I should change that to murder?" Mm. <laughs> all right, my plan for interacting with the guards: step one, insult them; step two, admit guilt and complicity in breaking a number of laws; step three, profit. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! There's a step two point five: admit murder. <laughs> Wait, retcon. Step three, admit murder. Step four, profit. There you go. My point to you is simply that your insinuation that I was being initiated makes no sense. I would just like to point out that me and the chick in the mask, we're hanging out with ghouls. Whole night. <laughs> yeah, Ghoul I never even saw this guy before. Ghoul party. This guy? Adam. I don't know him from a hole in the wall. Damn. Guess it's time to roll up a new character. Yeah, how quickly they turn. <laughs> so, uh, so I do want for quickly out of game. Um, you guys originally, when you were talking about what you wanted to do, I believe you wanted to talk to Edmund about some of the things that happened earlier. So I want to make sure I give you a chance to ask any questions that you want in this time before we move on to another scene. So do you guys have anything that you did want to talk to him about in regards to the murder? Were we going to ask about who was working that night, who was on patrol or something? Yes. Yes. Yep, and also find out how he, why he got sick. Like, if it was, I mean, I don't know if this is a thing that we could do, but if it was food poisoning, that's a little suspicious. If he, you know, had the allergies and couldn't see out of his left eye, that's a different story. All right, so who wants to... Ask those questions. Do you just want to say bluntly, or do you want to try to work that into conversation and try to, you know, surreptitiously get that information without him maybe knowing what you're after? Or are you just going to say, hey, why were you sick and who killed Cornelius? I think one of you that is not being framed for murder at this point should 
pose that question? Because Corbin's kind of stupid right now. But but it's not framed. You actually committed murder. <laughs> and then admitted hey. to it. And presented evidence <laughs> against yourself. <laughs> Why didn't you pull out your dagger? They shook my dagger. dagger too. Look at this blood. It's not mine. <laughs> Here, taste it. I'm going to look at Edmund, swallow my uh, gulp of meat, point the bone at him, and say... How you feeling, pal? I heard you were a little under the weather a couple days ago. Roll me a charisma. Oh, my best stat. Thank you, Michael. Yes. You have pl- you have played the lying game with Edmund many times before. I have. So he is uh, used to you in this game, and let's see how well you do. Okay, an eight would be a negative two. Yes. Or negative one. Wait. But plus my level would be a... So it's a negative one? Is that what we're doing? Sure. Works for me. There's got to be some background that helps you in lying. Yeah, it's called He's My Best Friend. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> That's a five, gentlemen. Look you at are... that barbarian roll charisma. All day, <laughs> buddy. All day. Exactly what he's supposed to be doing. So essentially what actually happens is right in the middle of the conversation, Cornelius or Ravage says, Hey, so why were you sick when Cornelius got murdered? And uh <laughs> I'm totally spitting food chunks totally out of his big mouth. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And if a loose piece of meat flies across the room, I will get up and go get it. <laughs> <laughs> so so but in Ravage's mind, he was I was suave. Yes. I mean, clearly that conversation, Edmund walked right into that. So he, uh, he takes another long draw from his, um, from his mug and you can see his eyes shift to one of the open doors where you know that there might be guards and he sort of coughs a little bit. And then he says, uh, yeah, actually I, uh, I was ill sort of unexpected. I think it might've been something I ate pretty, pretty sudden. And, um, we uh, we actually received an anonymous tip that uh, something was going on at the museum, similar to, in fact, tonight. We received another tip that we needed to uh, inspect the museum tonight. And um, one of our sub-commanders, lieutenants, uh, named Jamelson, actually led a contingent of five other guards, and they were the ones that found uh, Cornelius's body. Jamelson, you say? Jamelson. Like sub-commander T'Pol, sub-commander Jamison. I want to know where the sub is that he commands. It's under the water. With the ghouls. Son of a bitch. <laughs> you know, Jameson and I never got along. You're more of a Daniels guy. Mm. Yeah, so at least one of the three of us is getting the flow of this conversation, that absolutely nothing will happen while that stupid gaping door is open and that bumbling, shuffling guard is right outside. So I'll go ahead and switch things to extremely idle small talk and try and wrap the conversation up really in short order. Okay. Can your mask display the words extremely idle small talk? <laughs> yeah, it's just as a continuous scroll thing, like, uh, yeah. like, a, like a ticker like tape. The, oh, like, like, like Daft Punk? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's exactly the kind of mask it is. Oh my god, contact those Avatar people. That's what he's wearing. <laughs> so um, the, the conversation meanders for a little bit. After about another 20 or 30 minutes, uh, Edmund, Edmund finishes his uh, his mug and puts it down and says, Well, I have to charge you with something. Trespassing for you two and vandalism for you. But since there were no injuries... <laughs> no injuries. As, hey, as ravaged blood seep onto the floor. <laughs> Do you want me to clean the floor before I go? No, but we are actually, I am willing to, to work this off. I imagine that you probably have some questions that I can't answer. And as it happens, Jameson and Aisha have not reported for work in the last two days. And I was about to send some of my men to go uh, check on them. If you would be willing to do that for me, we will uh, consider the matter closed. Are we deputized? No. Remember the last time you deputized me? We had a good time. (laughs) Remember was those... Those cart thieves? He he points at a door that's kind of off to itself. It doesn't really seem like it needs to be there. 
Yeah, I remember the last time I deputized you. That's why there's a door there. That was good. Made a good time. Yeah. Is this all you have in terms of food? Because <laughs> there's no more. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> yes. Uh, we, we still have to feed our other guardsmen uh, that are on duty, gotcha. and uh, we cannot afford any more. Is it clear that, that, that Ravage... Is, is, is actually talking to a friend, or can this be misinterpreted from my perspective like he's just being a complete ass? <laughs> yes. Well, both, both, actually. Uh, so let's, roll, let's have you roll as like a sense motive <laughs> to see if you're picking up on the subtleties of the conversation. Here we go. Wisdom. 20. Oh. Unnatural. You can tell that there's a familiarity. Uh, when he speaks to all of you, it's just a little different when he talks to Ravage. And uh, you get the feeling that they may not necessarily like each other, but there's a bit of respect there, uh, familiarity. Okay. So um, he's, he suggests that you go ahead and remove the rest of that uniform, Corbin. Uh, it'd be best if you're not seen wearing it. And then uh, he'll walk you to the door where uh, the other guards were, and you can kind of hear like someone quickly moving away. And uh, when you guys enter that room, there's, like, there's four guards that are sitting at a table. They're eating a meal as well. And he says, these men will, will make sure that you get your weapons returned to you and, um, and see you to the door. If you find out what's going on with Jameson and Asha, please just uh, let, them, let us know if they're okay. I nod politely. You guys eating all that? No? Yeah? All right. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, <laughs> a couple of them might quickly add more to their plate to make sure there doesn't look like there's any extra. All right. All right. See you guys tomorrow. So there's a little hesitation, and clearly none of them want to interact with you. Finally, one of them just, the awkwardness draws a little long, so they stand up. They basically give you your weapons back out of, like, a trunk, and they have a piece of paper that they ask you to sign, uh, acknowledging that you have received your property and that it is uh, undamaged and returned to you in working order. I'm going to ask if I have my own drawer filled with these things. <laughs> uh, yes, actually, they're... Um, there is there. There's a there's a ravage only drawer because they have had to take your weapon so many times. There's actually almost like you know how like on a pegboard in a garage where they'll do an outline. Yeah. There's an outline of where your weapon goes because it gotcha. it's there so That's often. Cool. If you want, you could just throw my friend's notes in my drawer. I'm I'm sure there's space for these two. It'll be better for filing purposes. The IRS will thank you. So so that's taken care of, and then you were unceremoniously dumped out onto the street. It's what now, a, it's about 1 a.m. You were in the cell for an hour or so. You've had, you know, about a two-hour conversation with Edmund. And uh, so it's about 1 o'clock in the morning on the streets of Mayhold. I'm just going to make a, a very meta suggestion that we go to sleep or else I'm playing lookout just I saying. I think would be good. I agree on sleep. Well, um, Edmund did sort of in suggest that you should go check on his two soldiers, or they, because uh, yeah, I, I, I will volunteer that that you know I I know that hunting antiques and beers <laughs> isn't quite the same as as hunting men, but as a professional hunter of men or women, really equal opportunity bounty hunter, I suggest we go look for the missing people right away. <sighs> now I, I would suggest uh, again because this we're, this is kind of a new world. Mm -hmm. But there are clerics within this world that can heal. There are temples within Mayhold. And you guys did get some money from your first adventure, so you might have some extra cash you could throw maybe at a temple for some he healing services. If it's that, if that's something we can do, that is something that I would like to throw gold at. Unlike okay. those thieves which I caught that first time. <laughs> I forgot about that. Well, obviously then we're going to visit my friend Ellen at the Holy. He's the best healer. That is correct. There, there's no kind of healing that, 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 that beats the kind that comes from the tortured god, the deity of suffering, endurance, and perseverance. My mask is a frowny face now. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, it'll be fun. You'll like him. So, uh, Thidel wants to get started right away. The bounty hunter instincts kick in that the longer you wait, if there is an issue, the harder it is to follow. But after a few moments, you're, you convince her that... You do need healing. And yeah, I was like, oh, I, I know just the person. They, they could always use a donation, and she will lead you through the city. You don't go in the direction that you initially think you will. Uh, it no, seems we, to be taking. We well, it seems to be like a roundabout way to get to one of the more prominent temples. 
And then what you realize is that you're coming at it from the side where normally you would come like in sort of like a front gate. You're clearly coming in through a side gate and then you take a step off the normal path and it looks like you're heading towards an outhouse. Oh, and uh, I'll let Fidel take over here. So uh, so how do you uh, reach out to your friend there? Well, we <clears throat> we're, we're walking along the alley near the, uh, the, the the large common temple. We take that abrupt left into the uh, the small, shabby, extremely ill-kempt courtyard that uh, doesn't look like it's been used for anything except uh, little children daring each other to step a step inside for a while. And and we come across a, a really dilapidated. Uh, shanty outhouse would be a, a, a wonderful reference, except that an outhouse would smell better than this. Oh. And uh, I, I, I walk confidently up to the, the ramshackle, uh, fairly weak door and, and, and give it a couple of firm wraps. So almost immediately the door comes open and a priest, I use quotation marks, comes out dressed in more like rags than robes. They're dirty, caked with what looks like mud. Hopefully that's all that it is. Comes out and just immediately starts preaching the word. Like doesn't even say hello or who are you, but just launches straight into a sermon about the fallacy of the race and that uh, those that do not bow before the gods will be punished for eternity. And... You almost like this is almost like a, a knee-jerk reaction. And this goes on for like 10 minutes. And then finally, in like the middle of a big breath, Thidale is able to sort of interrupt and almost like coming out of a dream is like, oh, hello. And, and more of a normal conversation starts to happen. Hello, good Father Allendet, I beseech you. My friends and I, we've suffered greatly and we, we could use Furin's help. Well, suffering is... The cleansing of the soul. I'm sure that this suffering was needed. I'm cleansed. <laughs> oh, it the suffering was well deserved. I look around at the stupidity of splitting the party. But uh, now, now we we need to once again regain our strength and go on. I'm I'm afraid that that uh, whereas a, a usual rest could could give us a reprieve from this. However, we are not allowed to rest. We must go on. We must endure. Well, while suffering is good for the soul, rejuvenation is good for the flesh. My needs are few, but I do have some. Would there be some sort of um, donation, perhaps, a tithe to the god of suffering that I may take from you? Oh, of course, good Alan Dad. All wealth unto you. I, I pull out a coin purse from my, my um, belt, and, and I don't count anything out of it. I just hand him the coin purse. Okay. Are you giving him all of it, or are you expecting him to take from it what he thinks it's worth? So I, I do not question the those who speak for my god. It is theirs to do with the coin purse as they will. Just okay. as it is Firenze to do with my suffering body as he will. And uh, how much coinage is in said purse? It's an excellent question. How much coinage do I have? <laughs> so as a party, you found... 400 GP equivalent in the uh, Lizard King layer. I don't know what you had personally for that. Hmm. Um, no, I believe I'm, I'm just left with my personal money, which is whatever uh, money I started with, and I just handed him that. I have no idea what, uh, what we may or may not have agreed to do with whatever that money was. Okay. All right, Ravage, so what, what are you doing when this happens? Uh, I am questioning what a regular donation is from my knowledge of Mayhold. What is an average temple donation in my reckoning? So for an actual magical healing, this is not just like a, a poultice or binding wounds, probably 25 gold on the low end and 50 on the high end. Okay. Uh, from my winnings in the uh, bashing of lizard skulls and the meager money that I had as a uh, wandering barbarian, I will give him 100 gold pieces because I want to seem like I can be a good friend and maybe you can put a mop to the ground once in a while. <laughs> and I'm going to... And my mop's going to be to that ground, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hand him that gold. Okay. 
So he, he takes first. He doesn't count it, but just the, the heft of that purse, you know, he can tell that there's quite a lot in there. He takes Thaddell's uh, smaller purse. or, or Substantially uh, smaller, yes. Yeah, as well. And he says, it will be just a moment, please. And he, uh, he goes back into his little hovel. He comes back out a few minutes later, and he's carrying sort of a mid-sized bowl. It appears to be made out of pewter. And there's something in it that looks a lot like dirt. And again, you really hope that it's dirt. And he uses his hand and he starts mixing it and um, kind of squishing it together. Every now and then he'll spit into it to make sure it's got enough lubrication. And then he starts launching into another sermon about uh, suffering. And then as this is going on, after about five minutes, he walks around and he starts taking big just slabs of this substance and just slathering it onto your wounds and just caking it into your wounds and your sores and your cuts and he goes over and he's kind of like giving you a body paint up and down your body he does the same for Thidel but much less of it is necessary of the wounds and then after a while you realize that the sermon has sort of switched into a prayer but they're very similar and the mud actually just hardens really quickly like it just really dries and then it flakes off almost like it's just dust, and you can see that your wounds have been healed underneath, and you guys are fully healed. Woohoo! Apparently, my starting gold and dust purse was fifty gold. Gotcha. I, uh, I say, oh yay! Praise be unto him. Fearin has saved us. Yes, praise. Fearin saves only those who ask for his help and who are worthy of saving. So go about your mission tonight, whatever it is with the blessings of Farron. I, I curtsy in my elven court style, and don't turn around, that would be disrespectful, but, but bow and step back. Bow and step back. He, um, Clutch hand to chest, bow my head, and I will also back up uh, facing the, the very interesting priest. <laughs> All right. So Alandat sort of watches you go, and then just as you guys are about to leave, you see that it appears that he's about to disrobe and starts to, like, wallow in the mud. Good. Good. So you are now, so this has taken about about an hour of your time uh, to go all the way over to this area. Um, Edmund would have given you directions to both uh, Jameson, or Jameson and Ash's house. They are fairly close together, but is there a particular one that you would like to go to first? What's the difference between these two guards? Again, was one higher ranked? Yes. Uh, Jameson was the one that was basically in command the night, and Asha was just another of the guards that was there, but neither has reported to work in the last two days. It seems to me like that the first assumption is that they won't be at their house. Uh, do, do we know... I, I mean, we got their address, but we probably didn't get any information on their family or who else we might expect to be at their house. No, from Edmund's point of view, he assumes that they're sick or uh, something other, like nothing sinister necessarily, so he would not have necessarily given you anything that in-depth. Well, then the, the parts of town that each of them reside in is one um, more the neighborhood watch safer part? They're both close to the merchant um, nearby, so they're, they're pretty well patrolled, both like middle class. Let's uh, <laughs> I flip a coin, seems sixes. When we set off... Can I make an intelligence check with my thievery background to see if we are being followed at all? Okay, sure. So you basically would be looking at the places that you would be if you were watching you. And you weren't yeah. watching you. You were watching me. <laughs> and she looked good. <laughs> no, yeah, right. I would just be keeping an eye out. Still a pretty we're... good roll for a four. 14. Yeah. 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 That's fantastic. So you guys notice that Corbin seems to be hesitating every now and then at corners. He'll like take a stutter step and then quickly look over his shoulder. But as far as you can tell, Corbin, no one is following you. All right, let's go. Having no, no other leads. I yeah, I say we go on to the the officer. I will I will defer to the bounty hunter. All right, let's go to his place. All right, so uh, Thaddeus, you have you have like the urban tracking skill, so you are very knowledgeable of the city, you know, shortcut, shortcuts in and out, you, you kind of know your way around, so you are able to, to find people. You know how to find people. So you're, you're pretty confident that you can get there very quickly. You make your way there. So in what probably would have taken normally an hour, you can cut it down to like 45 minutes. 
as you approach the house, it is basically it's the upper level of like a small shop. So it's like an upstairs apartment, but it takes up the entire thing. There's a side entrance to it. This late at night, the shop is completely closed and there are no lights on in the upstairs apartment. So it appears to, I mean, there's no holes in the wall. There's no uh, javelin sticking out of the wall or anything like that, but it just appears that the house is closed and locked. All right, I'm going to, uh, I mean, breaking and entering seems unnecessary, but uh, uh, getting moving to a vantage point where we can at least peer inside the windows to make sure that there's nobody's home seems sensible. Okay, so you're going to climb like a, a, an adjacent building to try to look into one of the windows or get, just get a better vantage point, or do you want to climb up that, that actual building and get on the roof of that apartment? I was going to offer my back. <laughs> um, well, I, I think from the roof of that apartment it would be hard to see in, so I, I would suspect a neighboring adjacent building would be better. Okay. Uh, so most of this area is kind of the same thing. So there's other shops. The, the one that this apartment is over it might be like a herbalist shop, the one next door might be a uh, clothier or something like that. So it's just a downstairs is a shop, upstairs is an apartment or house. There's really no like fire escape necessarily, so you're going to have to just scale up the wall if you want to try to climb up it. Uh, the you know the buildings are made of partly stone, partly wood. They're not that they're not like a sheer ice cliff, so they're not that difficult. So if you want to scale them, you can, but you will have to roll if you're trying to do it quietly. If you don't want to wake up the people that are inside the, the rooms that you're climbing, that will take a roll. Maybe call me a traditionalist, but I guess, why don't we knock on that apartment door first? <laughs> okay, I'm not trying to make it difficult. I just want to let you know what you're in for. Yeah, that, that, that just sounds like a big recipe for getting the party into trouble at the guard station again. I knock on his door. Okay, I'm, so... I'm going to resist the urge to grab their hands, hold them tightly, and just look at them and say, I'm glad we're all together. <laughs> Isn't it great to be alive? You know, something about spending time with the undead makes you glad to be alive. You uh, you walk up, there's like a side stairway that goes up to that upstairs apartment, and just like every cop movie from the 70s, you knock on the door and the door opens. And you can see that the door has been kicked open and the lock and lock, locking area is broken. Hmm. Does it look like it was kicked open about two days ago? <laughs> I don't know that you have those skills, so we'll say, sure. <laughs> it doesn't look like it was kicked open some other time than two days ago. I'll, uh, <laughs> right. I, I assume we go in. I mean, no one's going to be left from whatever crime they committed two days back. Two days yeah. and an hour for healing and 45 minutes to get across town. So there are no lights I'm sorry, so there's no, so you guys have torches or otherwise be able to see because there's no light inside the apartment right there's, now. There's a switch. Come on. <laughs> no, I, I, I use a small shielded lantern that I use for night work in town. Okay. So it takes you just a, a minute to get that out, uh, get it lit, get it shuttered, and you guys enter in. And it's a pretty common, like, lower middle class apartment above the shop. You've probably broken down doors of like this hundreds of times before. Take a, going after bell jumpers. So you come into sort of a common area. There's a kitchen area, and then there's probably one or two bedrooms down a short hallway. And right away, you can tell that this place has been ransacked. Their furniture has been turned over. Drawers have been pulled out. Uh, it looks like, you know, there's actually holes in the walls where maybe someone has punctured and looking for something that might have been concealed. So it's, it looks like a hurricane or like Ravage has been here before. Either one. I look at Corbin and say, remind you of the museum. And uh, just for the record, I didn't do this either. <laughs> I, so will, uh, I, I will speak into my wrist and say, Edmund, he said he didn't ravage this place either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, can I get a roll on, on my capacity to find people to look through this place for clues as to where he might be? Uh, yes. Is, is, is there a stat that that would be, or is it just uh, the skill plus my level? Well, it would be the skill plus your level, and I'm going to say that's an intelligence. Ooh, I get zero bot for that. How exciting. And I rolled a three. That's the saddest nine I've ever seen. I probably would not only chance to bounty hunt. You, you spend some time looking around, and it looks like that this was clearly done after the fact. 
So this doesn't look like this happened as part of a fight. This is more like somebody wasn't home and then somebody was looking for something that was hidden. Might I try to use my um, tracking of, uh, you know, nature tracking to maybe get some footprints or some hair or blood maybe? Yes, you can try that. The uh... Come on, find it. Woo! Bam, look at that tracking. Nice. Mm -hmm. Maybe I see a footprint. So Thaddell continues to move through the, uh, the apartment going back towards more like the bedrooms where personal things would be. There might be a diary, notebook, anything that would indicate maybe where the where Jameson was headed to if he was able actually to get away, while Ravage almost drops on all fours and just starts like looking at the ground, sniffing, and you don't find any hair or blood, anything that would indicate a fight, but you are able to detect several sets of footprints, but really nothing that you would be able to identify, but but what does catch your eyes as you're following them around, one of the sets clearly leads to one of the windows, as if the person came either in or out the window, not through the door. Aha. Uh -huh. Now, none of these footprints have a, have a bat symbol emblazoned in the, no. in the pad? No, okay. none of that. Right. Does he see some sort of batarang attached to the window or, <laughs> or some sort of bat grappling hook? No, but there is like a little, there's a little bat button that has a red blinky light, and you're pretty sure that you're being listened to right now. Gotcha. I would You've like been... to speak into the blinking light and say, found you. Nice. So, Thidel, as you make your way back to the, the main bedroom, uh, you see that it has been tossed as well, but there is very clearly a secret panel that has already been opened, whether by the owner or was found after the fact, you can't tell, and all the contents are gone. Hmm. Um, the contents aren't littered near, like, right outside of the door, so either there was only one or two important things in there that the uh, thieves took, or there was a number of things that the uh, owner took before the thieves got here and, and was very careful with them. Hmm. All right. I uh, look at my compatriots. Sh should we investigate the other apartment? I mean, this Probably. one was broken into, but uh, they ain't here anymore. Do we Do we have any chance of following the tracks out of the apartment? You can try. It will be difficult, but uh, it's certainly within the realm of possibility. I'm, I'm cool trying that. Yeah, all right. I'm not all in my right. Fidel has urban tracking and Ravage has wilderness tracking, so both of you can assist one another. And So basically one of you can roll, and if you get above a 10, I'll give a plus 2 to the other one. Whoever would like to go first or second. I'll go first. I've been botching them. <laughs> Natural 1, buddy. <laughs> Called that one. So when Fidel's mask becomes just a black hole, <laughs> and she kind of stiffens up and falls over and, and lays on the floor for a second, I'm going to go, oh, don't worry, I'll look. I, like I think, to think someone came this way. Yeah, I like to think that your mask turns into like a black light, and you're scanning and you see like the uh, footprints. <laughs> Can I... Can I assist Ravage somehow? How? Like, uh, how? How do you see yourself assisting this? Well, I mean, I don't have any kind of tracking abilities, but possibly I could say, with my due to my life on the streets, I had at least experience with figuring out where people had been or where they were going for the point of knowing when a merchant was gonna, you know, a merchant left to, and I can grab some bread off of his cart or something like that. I was going to suggest that he might know which uh, which awnings would hold weights and which, uh, you know, studs hanging out of the walls were, were better footholds than others. Which bus okay. stops are better to wait f uh, if you're an assassin? Yeah, there you go. How many pennies to put on a dead guy's eyes so, he'll, so the ferryman will take him across the river? All important questions. <laughs> Boom! That was very helpful. Yeah, How many to help? All right, so um, as Thaddell is taking a nap and Ravage is, <laughs> is sniffing the floor, um, Caleb, excuse me, Corbin goes back to the window that Ravage mentioned earlier, someone came in or out, and you start just sort of like inspecting, and you can clearly see there are some gouge marks where someone has used some sort of like tiger claw to ascend the wall, 
and it looks like they go up to the roof rather than down to the to the ground. So your your thought is somebody at some point went out this window and went to the roof. How difficult would it be for me to try to swing up to the roof? Uh, there's not really anything easily grabbable, which is why they would have had to have used these claws rather than like you know um, an altair cool jumping thing. So it's possible, but there's also a chance if you fail, you'll fall. I would like to suggest a fastball special. <laughs> I, I, would, I would wager that a boost from Ravage combined with the training that Cornelius put me through, I'd probably be pretty good at parkouring also, my way can't up you to the just teleport through the Shadow Realm up there? Well, he still has to physically trans... like, physically move the same distance. Oh, mm. so can't you teleport to the Shadow Realm right before you hit the ground after you botch your roll? <laughs> and that way you can die on the other side where you're always scared yeah awesome <laughs> where the clowns are going to get you <laughs> yeah basically you, de- you disappear and never reappear <laughs> um, well Corbin what kind of gear do you have on you at the moment anything climby maybe Fidel has something that could be used as a grappling hook and could better assist your process to getting onto the roof I probably have climbing gear, well, in what would have been my apartment. I would have grabbed it with the stuff I took when I left. It's back at that halfling house we were hanging out at? Yeah. The cat lady. The cat lady. The I mouser. Wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had it with me, though. I, uh, I only have things that help me chase people, not climb after. I would say it's definitely possible it's going to come down to a dex roll. Um, if Ravage wants to assist you, I'll let him roll a strength and give you the, the plus two again. But again, if you fail, there's a chance that you will fall. I will help. If he wants to, I will help. Roll a strength roll, Ravage. Woo! One of my best stats, guys. Here we go. Boom. Ravage is able to lean out the window holding the sill with one hand. And basically, you can like stand on his chest and he can raise you up. and That'll get you about halfway to the top. And then you only have to make one rather than two dex climbs to, to make the rest of the way up. Remember right. to yell parkour when you roll. Hardcore parkour. Right. Can I, um, I'm using thievery for this. Am I taking a... No, okay, I'm just making one roll. Alright, here we go. Hardcore parkour. 29. Whoa. Holy shit. I've parkoured the hell out of that. So when wings sprout from his back... Very nice. <laughs> He's trying to figure out how many of the traps hit you. <laughs> no, he's seeing how many ghouls are on the roof right now. You are peppered by a minigun that was hidden in the, the apartment across the street. <laughs> what happens is you get a boost from Ravage, but Ravage actually, his, he, doesn't, he isn't able to go straight up. He kind of goes out a little bit. So you end up doing the thing where you go to the next apartment and then you do a Metroid-style jump oh, where you go wow. halfway up and jump back over, and you are completely in the air and unable to protect yourself when the Shadow Bat Assassin attacks you with their club, <laughs> striking you in the air. So let's see what happens now. Son of what? a bitch! What are they doing on the roof? They're just waiting for two days with no food or water. You know, ambush. I've listened to this I'm podcast. Sure. And he talks about how he doesn't like combat. And while playing with him, I would disagree. <laughs> well, I'm trying to... Uh, I always like to do things a little differently. I like to uh, experiment. And this came, I'm experimenting a little bit. Whoa! Natural 20 on the roll! You can give us feedback and comments on our website, therpgacademy.com. You can listen to previous podcasts on our website and subscribe to new ones on iTunes. If you have a suggestion for a table topic, we'd love to hear it. Email us at podcast at therpgacademy.com or connect with us. We're on Twitter at The RPG Academy. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash therpgacademy. We also have a Google Plus page, The RPG Academy. As always, thanks for listening, and remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.